She'd been perched there since the trial began, smiling, gloating even. Thinner than ever, needing a man to feed upon, but still attractive enough to turn the heads of the jury every time she rearranged her extraordinary legs. Both lawyers took their places. The judge cleared his throat. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I apologize. We're going to take another short recess. I find I have a previous commitment concerning another case. He glanced at the clock. Please be back in your seats at half past the hour. Traveler sighed as the jurors hurried out of court. If they wanted to smoke, they'd have to go all the way outside in this Mormon country, where Joseph Smith's word of wisdom declared tobacco one of the deadliest of sins. He stole another glance at Claire. She hadn't budged. And wouldn't unless he did. Then she'd follow him to the door of the men's room if that's where he headed, all the while smiling enigmatically. Critchlow, one of Martin's cronies who was giving Traveler a break on legal fees, shuffled papers and spoke under his breath. Smile out of her Christ's sake. Traveler wet his lips. If you can't smile, don't look at her. Traveler shifted his gaze to one of the city and county building's narrow gothic windows. The building, which took up an entire block, had recently been refurbished to full Victorian splendor. Its sandstone facade of gargoyles, priests and politicians, no longer falling on passersby below. I'm going for a pee, Critchlow said. How about you? I'm fine. I don't want you squirming during the summations. Trust me. The lawyer shrugged and left the courtroom. Traveler went back to staring out the window. A wind shift started ash raining from the sky, fallout from a forest fire burning along the Mormon Trail where it came down Emigration Canyon east of town. It had been burning for days following the Pioneer Route and closing in on the suburbs, fed by the heat of an Indian summer. You're late, Martin said. Traveler turned in time to see his friend and landlord, Barney Chester, slide onto the wooden bench next to Charlie. Chester had an unlit cigar clamped between his teeth. He took it out to say, Hey, Mo, your client has arrived and is waiting in my office even as we speak. What client? Martin sighed dramatically. I told you I'd accepted a case for you, signed and sealed. I like to meet my clients. Traveler closed his eyes. When he opened them, Martin was doing his best to smile. But it was lip service only. The rest of his face looked as nervous as Traveler felt. Even so, there'd been no recriminations about Claire from his father. They'd both been suckered too many times for that, though in Traveler's case, his attitude toward her defied logic. What kind of client? he asked. Once you meet the man, you'll understand why I couldn't turn him down. Damn right, Chester added, exchanging his cigar for a peppermint when the bailiff scowled at him. The moment I saw that tortured face of his, I dug out a jug and offered him a drink. How was I to know he'd turn out to be a Temple Mormon? No, you don't, Traveler said. You're not taking me in. He knew that Barney would never offer alcohol to anyone who might be offended. Certainly not to a Mormon in good enough standing to have Temple access. Besides which, Martin went on, this case will get you out of town, Moroni. It'll be like a vacation. What kind of case? Traveler repeated. Evil is stalking the land. Bill responded. He rattled his newspaper to show he was quoting a reliable source. That's the word from none other than Elton Woolley himself, the living prophet of Mormonism. He says the fires in the mountains are proof that God and the devil are fighting one another for our souls. There's a drought going on for God's sake, Martin said. The mountains are like tinder. The devil's work, Bill added. I thought God made the rain, Chester said. Having heard it all before, Traveler shook his head and got up to stretch. Claire did the same, fanning herself with a magazine, 
creating a breeze that engulfed him in her rosewater perfume. The last time he'd smelled it, he'd broken a man's leg and gotten himself charged with assault. His eyes were about to wander in her direction again when the jury began filing back into the box. A moment later, the judge took his seat, and Prosecutor Young, whose name was as common as Smith in a state teeming with the ancestors of Brigham Young's polygamous efforts, began his final argument. Don't be fooled by the man you see sitting before you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Though charged with simple assault, assault with a deadly weapon would be more appropriate. He's a professional, a private detective, a former linebacker for the Los Angeles football team. Look at him. The defendant is six feet three inches tall and weighs more than 220 pounds. He's a weapon in himself. The prosecutor paused to stare Traveler in the face. The defense will tell you that he had no choice, that it was self-defense, that it was three against one. But just let me tell you what the Los Angeles Times had to say about him. With a dramatic gesture, he picked up a clipping from a...